0: The markets are reopened after the Christmas celebration, with wheat prices leading the way to the upside. Corn is trying to follow wheat, but the soy complex is anchoring prices. Let's take a look at the weather forecast for South America and the U.S., and we'll start to put a wrap on 2023 and look forward to the year ahead.
1: Live from the naughtiest day of the year via Farm Journal Broadcast, this is Agritalk. This morning we'll have an extended weather conversation with Kirk Hins and Brett Waltz of BAMWX. Then we'll catch up on global events with pro-farmer policy analyst Jim Wiesmeyer. Michelle, uh, Michelle, Rook, sorry, Michelle, Michelle Rook will handle the news. I'm producer Big Apple Joe Stackler. And now, the ho-ho host of Agritalk, Chip Flory.
0: <laughs> All right. Thank you, Big Apple Joe. Mm-hmm. The naughtiest day of the year. Is that because yes. you got 364 to recoup yourself?
1: It, it is. It's like that's the day that you have, you know, when Santa is probably watching. But still, yeah. this, this would be like the day, probably, yeah. that you have uh, to, uh, a mulligan. That's your most likely <laughs> mulligan. opportunity there.
0: I love it. All right, Big Apple. Thanks, buddy. I hope sure. you had a great, great Christmas.
1: I did, and I hope you did, too.
0: You bet. You bet. Excellent. Fun, fun time with the grandkids. It's fun when you get to get to have the grandkids see their first Christmas. Uh, The second and third ones and fourth and fifth ones are pretty cool, too. You know, they keep getting more and more excited as time goes on. Welcome to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. That is Big Apple Joe. And uh, we'll be getting to Michelle Rook here in just a moment for some of the news. You know what? Let's bring her in right now. Michelle Rook. How are you? Merry Christmas.
2: Hey Merry Christmas to you, Chip. So,
0: I'm looking at that storm, the weather pattern that uh did you did you run into any of the the snow from this uh yesterday?
2: Not a lot. It was almost a brown Christmas up here in mm. at least this part of the Dakotas. Um we have just a little bit of snow out there, but it was more ice than anything.
0: Really? Really? Yeah, yeah. most
2: of that snow kind of went to the south of us um in the southern parts of South Dakota, I know Nebraska got some pretty heavy amounts trickling yeah. into Kansas, too.
0: Yeah, yeah. But even there, they were geared up for a big storm to come rolling through. And at least for some people, it, it wasn't everything that it was um, advertised to be. 18% of us is, I don't know how they got it all figured, 18% of us had a white Christmas. That's it.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know how they figured that either, but we'll, <laughs> we'll go with it.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Let's get to the news. What do you got, Michelle?
2: Well, Congress remains on holiday break, obviously, until the House returns on January 9th. Now, President Biden did sign the National Defense Authorization Act into law, Mm -hmm. authorizing an annual military spending budget of $886 billion. A funding package for Ukraine was not included in that act. And, of course, Congress is going to have to scramble to keep the government open when they do get back to work
0: here. There is a lot of work to do when the House comes back on the 9th. It's unbelievable. Uh, everything that's got to get done to to prevent it, a, 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 even a partial government shutdown.
2: Yep, I'm going to put them on Santa's naughty list for next year. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, uh, big story we were watching last week finally got resolved on Friday, or at least partially resolved. U.S. railway crossings at the Mexican border reopened Friday after being closed for five days. That would be El Paso and Eagle Pass. The Biden administration announced these rail crossings would remain open around the clock for several days. However, not all the crossings apparently have resumed normal operations. The ports of entry in Arizona now, including Lukeville, remain closed as announced by Customs and Border Patrol. Now, while welcoming the reopening of the crossings, concerns do remain over the future of closures as the situation at the border has not improved much. The National Grain and Feed Association and the National American Export Grain Association called on the U.S. and Mexican governments to continue their dialogue and implement border measures to avoid a repeat of such closures. Mm -hmm. They emphasize the critical importance of trade for food security and note that the U.S. shipped over. Well, over $28.5 billion worth of foodstuffs yeah. to Mexico in 2022. They're our largest customers for wheat, corn, lots Pork. of products. So Yeah, lots Pork, of products. Yeah. And and the thing is, Michelle, you know,
0: in, in the U.S., it feels like we've built a bit of a cushion since COVID and some of the, the supply chain disruptions. We've built a cushion on the feedstocks at feed mills and so on. It doesn't sound like Mexico did that. They were still relying on that FedEx delivery process uh, to to get the feed, the well, the feed stuffs in place to to make feed for the livestock operations. It uh, uh, it, it got pretty dicey there very quickly.
2: Right, just in time inventory is what they've been working on. And apparently, a few of those operations kind of almost ran out of feet over the weekend. So. Yeah. Uh, speaking of shipping, obviously we've been watching what's been going on in the Red Sea and shipping company Maersk said on Sunday it plans to restart shipments through the Red Sea and Suez Canal as soon as operationally possible. The return is expected to be gradual as concerns about attacks remain. Now a multinational force, including the US, UK, Canada, France and others have sent ships to detour for their strikes. The U.S. military carried out retaliatory airstrikes on Monday in Iraq after a drone strike from Iran-aligned militants left one U.S. serviceman in critical condition, wounded two others. Meanwhile, the Israeli prime ministers vowed to keep fighting in Gaza until Hamas is destroyed despite global calls for a ceasefire. Now, Ukraine struck a large Russian landing warship in Crimea with cruise uh, cruise missiles over the weekend in an—actually, it was— overnight in an attack that largely rendered the landing warship inoperable dampening Russia's efforts to control more land off the black sea
0: yeah yeah i started getting the text from Wiesmeyer late well yesterday evening uh that uh, these attacks and and counter offensives were were taking place and and you know it it, it was kind of like christmas ended just a little bit early uh and and the fighting restarted and and Jim and I will get to some of the perspective that, that he's got on it at the bottom of the hour.
2: Very good. Uh, USDA forecasts Brazil will export twice as many soybeans as the U.S. in the current trade year, accounting for 58 percent of international soybean sales, while the U.S. market share will decrease to 28 percent. Now, that's down from 38 percent two years ago. A report from USDA says Brazil's advancements in transportation infrastructure have led to a $21 per metric ton reduction in transport costs over the past decade, making the country more competitive in the global marketplace. And the California Air Resources Board proposed update to its low carbon fuel standards program does hold some potential benefits for the U.S. soybean industry. Carbon tends to end the existing exemption for interstate jet fuel, likely leading to increased production of sustainable aviation fuel. Additionally, the update includes a new prohibition on palm oil-derived feedstocks, which could potentially create a little larger market for soybean oil. One major concern at least for the American Soybean Association is the proposal to prevent deforestation by mandating port of origin tracking for crop-based feedstocks yeah. by 2028.
0: Yeah, yeah, this is uh it, it's a big move. It's it's I I think it, it's being taken as good news overall because of yeah. the huge SAF market that is that is there. So, we'll see how it develops. Michelle, thank you so much. We'll talk to you, you this afternoon. All right, that is Michelle Rook. Um, hey, just a, a, a quick reminder of this. Cattleman. there's an article about beef on dairy at www.dairyherd.com. It talks about how this supply of beef to the market is smoothing out some of the seasonals and calf supplies and how it's likely to have a long-term impact on the beef industry. Give it a read at www.dairyherd.com. BAM WX is next.
3: You're listening to Agritalk, where the conversation begins. Join us
0: at eight five five four 4 talk ag Welcome back to Agritalk, and we're going to restart this week's live coverage on Agritalk, where a lot of conversations begin, and that is with the weather. Let's bring in Brett Waltz from BAMWX.com. Good morning, Brett.
4: Hey, uh, Good morning, Chip.
0: Hey, buddy. Thanks for joining us again this week. Hope you had a great Christmas. Yeah, you as well and of course. Yeah, good, good, good. And Kirk Hans, uh meteorologist there at BAMWX, joins us as well. How you doing Kirk?
5: I'm um, excellent, Chip. How are you sir?
0: Doing real fine, real fine, boy. Thanks for for joining us this morning, guys. Really appreciate it. Uh Kirk, I'm going to jump over to you to 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 kick this thing off yes, because sir. there's so much focus on what is happening down in South America, Brazil in particular. Give us the details. How did the weekend yeah. m- mesh up with the models that that we saw when we went home on Friday?
5: Yeah, that's that's a, that's a million dollar question. Everybody wants to know too. And, and in short, and I compared this in our video this morning. Is uh, the European model overproduced? It overproduced the rain. Uh, the rain did not fall in terms of the comparison of the European model. It was closer in line with the the, the drier GFS American model. Uh, the rain the rains were just rather scattered and you know especially the last couple of days they've been very isolated rather than scattered as well and so there'll still be some chances this week but uh you know there's really not that widespread low pressure system type two to four inches that that they really needed down there it was just really scattered and and unfortunately that's also came with temperatures that are well above normal still 90 degrees plus and the forecast turning drier going deeper into early january too so in short the the rainfall totals had uh, underperformed for most of the, op- the, the weather models
0: yeah for most areas there are those spots that yeah. picked up like three absolutely. inches or something like that right absolutely yeah. isolated yes there's yeah.
5: definitely some isolated spots but for for the region as a whole what we really needed uh still rather hit. this
0: and w- the region that we're talking about is the is central brazil yeah. and in the northern production yep. areas yes yeah okay. correct
5: like, basically mato Grosso do sol mato Grosso, Goiás. that that heart of that major soybean area in central Brazil for sure
0: yep okay take us to the northeast production areas yeah it's not a huge amount of the crop but it's an important part uh what what happened there for sure
5: yeah that that was a a a more beneficial area for sure I would say a widespread one to two inch mark across the eastern and northeastern regions. Uh, basically north of like Rio de Janeiro, that kind of area there, yeah. uh, much, much different story. You know, it, it hasn't been as warm. It's still been warm and not as warm, but we've been seeing more consistent rain from basically there to Southern Brazil. So it, it's almost chip. It's like a West versus East, you know, we have yeah. the major crop areas in central Brazil. You know, obviously we, everyone knows what's going on there, but further up to the East and, and down to the South, it it has been more beneficial. So that, I do think that's what we're talking about too.
0: Okay. And the rains down south, more manageable than yeah. what they were three or four weeks ago, right?
5: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it, it doesn't even really compare, honestly. I mean, we were talking about some weeks where we're you know, 10, 12 inches plus per right. week, which is incredible. Some areas get that in two months here in, in the Midwest. So, yeah, it, it, it doesn't compare. Uh, I do think there will be an uptick. However, you know, that area to Argentina, Uruguay, as we get into January. But I don't, think, I don't even think that'll compare versus what we saw in you know, the
0: last couple months okay okay uh Brett when I walked out of the house yesterday morning it felt balmy man <laughs> it was unbelievable there in eastern Iowa we were bumping we were we were bumping 60 degrees
4: yeah no kidding I had a uh, I had short sleeves on, on on Christmas Eve it was 65 yeah. where yeah. I was at it was uh just crazy it felt more like spring than it did uh December yeah. 24th and 25th
0: Yeah, absolutely. So what? how much longer can we expect this pattern to stick around?
4: You know, it's going to stay relatively mild up to the north as we work throughout this week. I do see slowly but surely a change occurring as we work into early January. It's not Arctic cold, it's not crazy cold or anything like that, but a moderation of this more mild weather likely as we get into the first week of the month. But really the core of the coolest air stays down to the south, I'm very interested for the central part of the country in the middle part of January. I think it may be mild east, but when you get that cold west, warm east type of a setup, you tend to get more storm systems in the central part of the country. Uh, definitely could be a period that opens up the door for the plane seeing some winter storms.
0: Okay. Okay. Kirk, a lot of times when we see a change in the pattern in the U.S., a change happens in the Southern Hemisphere as well. Is that the case this time?
5: Yeah, I I think it can be chipped. Um, I I think there is a little bit of a difference in terms of Northern Hemisphere versus Southern Hemisphere in this specific scenario, but uh, I, I would be I would be watching maybe that last seven, ten days of, of January for some mischief. We'll call it just some mischief, maybe a change in the pattern, the MJO continuing to move around into maybe those a little bit more wetter phases. But but like just like Brett alluded to, before we even get there, the next three, maybe four weeks are, are, are you know warming up quite a bit in central Brazil and, and drier too. So yeah, I think there's potential there, but still still quite a ways off.
0: A long ways off. I
5: <laughs> it can it, be, yes. It it yeah. can be.
0: Well, and and you know, if if everything was okay up to this point, you could weather it. Right. But things right. haven't been okay up to this point.
5: No, they they haven't been in October, in November, in December, January. It's it's pivotal time, and and if we're talking about, and we are talking about the next three to four weeks of, hey, we're going back into that same pattern that kept us hotter, that kept us drier there's a problem. Um, and, and, I'm not going to shy away from saying that there's a problem there if we're talking about the next three to four weeks of that same kind of weather. So I, I am definitely concerned.
0: Okay. Crop development wise, what we're talking about is call it that last week of August into the middle of September, right? Exactly. Exactly. Very, very same comparison. It would, it would be like our August for soybeans. Yeah, man. Oh man. Uh, if, if that, that warm pattern dry pattern continues that's going to be a big issue is this el nino driven you know it, it is it is
5: overall um if you look at some of the stronger el ninos you know we have some shades of 15 16 97 98 we're, we're probably a little bit closer than 97 98 right? would probably say something similar in the united okay. states so it, it is very close to a strong el nino tendency for sure Uh, And and also the MJO, we spend a lot of time in in the actual driest and and warmest of those phases, too. So I I would say a combination of the both. But certainly a strong El Nino is
0: is to be happier. Guys, is this strong El Nino showing any signs that it's starting to weaken?
5: Honestly, not really Um, in terms of sea surface temperatures. Now, there's one comparison. That's a great question, too, is, hey, you you know, typically El Ninos they start to weaken as we get into the early part of the year, you know, 2024. What often happens is they over, they over. Uh, what the right term is? They try to kill it off too quick, and, yeah. and and it seems to lag a little bit longer. And I and I do and I do think a similar scenario is going to happen ahead, where the weather models are going to have to adjust to this El Nino because it's so strong to last a little bit longer. So it'll naturally likely decline some, but to the extent of what the weather models say, I I, I don't think it's going to happen. Brett, uh, this
0: yeah. change, this change in in El Nino. It, You can see it out there on the horizon. How does that set us up in the U.S. for the growing season?
4: Yeah, it's going to be key. Like Kirk mentioned, the speed of the decline is really going to be the biggest thing for North America as we work into the planting and into the growing season. Uh, Historically, if you do end up on the slower side of things, you can get Uh, A pretty wet start or pretty wet into the planting season and a pretty wet start to the growing season, but it's a very fine line because years that developed just a little bit quicker into La Nina had big issues to start off the season with really just, just kind of a lack of moisture. And so I, I think that the next month really is going to be critical to see if we start to see any movement. If we don't, yeah. you're probably leaning a little bit more on the wetter side of things. And yeah. you bring up years like 2019, which stayed El Nino all the way through spring, which had right. plant delays and big wetter risk. Um, we're, to be completely honest, we're right on the line right now based on, on the speed um, that we're currently seeing uh, of a potential decline down the road.
0: Yeah, the pace of the transition from one of these events to the other has an impact on on how quickly and and how strong the the next event uh, influences yeah. our weather patterns. There's there's no question about it. We've seen that repeat several several times. So, yeah. Kirk, the yeah. the bottom the bottom line that I'm hearing from you is uh, red flag warning is still out for Central Brazil.
5: Red flag warning is definitely out chips. I, 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 would definitely say red flag is it's, it's been close to out. It's it's definitely out from what we see over the next three to four weeks. So okay. absolutely.
0: All right. All right. And here in the, in the Midwest, Brett, uh, a little bit more of the same. I, I mean, heck I'll take this a little cooler. I get that, but, <laughs> but not a whole lot of precipitation, right?
4: No, you know, I I think that it continues to be the far western plains and then the southern tier of the U.S. that gets the the most of the moisture the next few weeks. Uh, More wintry conditions, I'd be looking late January into February for those better
0: chances. Gotcha. Well, we couldn't have less wintry conditions. That's (laughs) That's that's for sure. (laughs) You guys are the best. Warmest December of all time. Warmest (laughs) December. Wow. You guys are the best. Thanks, Brad. Thank you. Kirk, yeah, appreciate you. you guys. Thank you, Chip. All thank right, you. Brett Waltz and Kirk Hans, BamWX.com. We Myers up next.
1: Time for Markets Now with the experts from ProFarmer.
0: I'll be taking care of your markets now this week. I'm Chip Florey. Uh, when we take a look at what's going on in the grain markets, wheat is leading the way to the upside. We've got the HRW and the SRW contracts, call them 10 to 16 cents higher. The HRW contracts moving to the upside at a little quicker pace than what the SRW markets are. Spring wheat is also 8 to 10 cents higher. Ukraine and its counter-offensive and, and the, the, the attack on a Russian warship overnight, I think is providing a lot of the support for the wheat markets here this morning. It's at least chased some of the selling out of the wheat market and that has allowed that to Uh, prices there to drift to the upside. Corn prices, three to four cents higher. Some spillover support from what's going on in the wheat market. I don't think there's any question about that. The soy complex is trying to figure out exactly what we just talked about with Kirk. How much rain fell, how much rain fell in the areas that needed the most, and how much good is it going to do? As a result of that, soybean futures are clinging very tightly to unchanged here at mid-morning. Soybean meal is slightly mixed. We've got the nearby slightly lower and the back months slightly higher. Soybean oil is trading to the downside in the livestock trade, trying to account for what we got in the cattle on feed report and the quarterly hogs and pigs report and the cold storage report on Friday afternoon. Uh, Cattle futures are shrugging off what was called a slightly negative report, trying to trade to the upside. Feeder cattle lower on the strength in corn. Hogs trading to the downside as well. We'll talk with Scott Brown from University of Missouri this afternoon. That's Markets Now.
3: From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. Opinions expressed on Agritalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. On your favorite radio station or your preferred digital device, Agritalk is live
0: every weekday. Welcome back to Agritalk. I'm Chip. Glad that you are with us. Davis has got the week off, and uh, he'll be back with us uh, next week, and... Get the new year rolling with Davis. Um, In the meantime, let's bring in Jim Wiesmeyer, Pro Farmer Policy Analyst. Hey, Jim, how's it going, buddy?
6: Pretty good, Chip. How about you?
0: Good, good, good. You know, you had three days of NFL. Was that enough?
6: (laughs) Yes, after last night's game. Boy, uh, the Ravens really took it to San Francisco. They're the best team now.
0: Yeah, certainly looked that way. There's no question about it. Purdy had a tough night, but... You can't just blame Purdy. You got to look at what uh, what the Ravens were doing too, and that was a little bit of a different look on the defense than than anybody's thrown at him this year.
6: Yes, Ravens have always had a good defense, and and uh, they showed
0: it. Yep, yep, no doubt, no doubt. Okay, um, this Ukrainian counteroffensive on the boat, the the Russian warship. What's What's the status of that? Because it feels like it's gotten into the wheat market here this morning, Jim.
6: Oh, uh, yeah, they 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 targeted uh, a uh, an eastern uh, Crimean port city, and that caused damage to one of the warships. And it shows that they still have striking power, uh, Chip. So uh, they can they can do more damage if they get the necessary uh, military equipment. Now, that's a big question mark right now because of the uh, kerfuffle in, in our Congress, which is uh, out and the uh, Senate uh, returns uh, January the 8th, the House on January 9th.
0: So when it comes to funding for Ukraine, which way is this Congress going to go when they come back?
6: I think they'll eventually get more funding. But the uh, Democrats are going to have to give more than what the pro- the so-called progressive wing in their party wants to give on border issues. But frankly, that'll be a plus for uh, President uh, Biden if he gives in that area because he's so, so low on ratings on the border issue.
0: So is it that closely linked, the border issues and additional funding for Ukraine. One doesn't happen without the other.
6: One does not happen without the other. The Republicans have made that clear that they have a leverage, and uh, they're they're going to hold to it, Chip. And uh, the Democrats have definitely turned a corner on the border issues. You can't escape the numbers now, even amongst the liberal cities and the liberal press in many areas.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right, Jim forcing the issue on immigration this way will 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 that result in a in a compromise that will will move us for will that result in a compromise that enforces the laws we've already got on the books
6: well so, some say that uh, Biden should just enforce the laws that uh, former Democratic President Obama had, yeah. had on yeah. the books then he wouldn't have to quote Trump and that would do a lot chip right there but but the bottom line I think you will see a a, a bipartisan agreement now how how significant in total for immigration reform that is remains to be seen that may wait until after the elections in 2024 but the secret there is there can be compromises on this issue
0: yeah okay um and and which, which itself is is surprising to me um i i didn't know if that was going to be able to happen or not
6: so, well, you know, from a market perspective, you know, Chip, it's like a corn chart. You know, the the penetration. You get, you keep on dinging it, dinging it. And yeah. Eventually, you get through.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You come and and address an issue enough times, you should finally be able to get something done on it. Uh, we did get the good news at the end of the last uh, of last week that the rail bridges into Mexico that were closed since the seventeenth were reopening, but. Now that rail bridge issue seems to be moving further west.
6: <laughs> There's always going to be some issues on logistics, Chip. It just doesn't seem to go away. But on the on the Mexico thing, uh, uh, you know, border, uh, you, know, yeah. you, know, you know, bridge issues. I think the ag industry, National Grain and Feed, and Nega. Uh, they called on both the governments to continue their dialogue don't stop talking and and implement measures to avoid a repeat of such closures and i think that's that's
0: the right direction here
6: you yeah. just can't have push and pull on this one
0: right right you know and and looking at some of the news coverage i don't know how accurate this is jim but it was a dis- it, 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 there was discussion on it this morning that Mexico has basically run out of money to stop illegal entry from Guatemala into Mexico. And Mexican officials are now saying, why should we be spending money on a stick at our southern border when the U.S. has got the carrot out at the northern border?
6: Yeah, that's why this is a sticky issue.
0: It's, it's not un- easy. Not easy. No. Yeah. This is unbelievable, the way that, that this is all playing out. and And... If they, boy, I, I hope, I hope we do find some kind of a compromise that, that will help us uh, uh, bring in, bring an end to that. No doubt, no doubt. Um, the Middle East sounds like some commerce is restarting in the Red Sea.
6: uh yes, uh, but with a lot of high anxiety, Chip. You saw over, over the uh, extended uh, holiday. Weekend, uh, you had more than a kerfuffle between the U.S. and Hezbollah and uh, basically yes. Iraq and, and Iran. Uh, but uh, well, we're basically hand guiding some of these vessels through the Red Sea, but some of the activity by the Houthi is going beyond the Red Sea. And that's a, that's very very bad uh, news, Chip. So this this issue is is so volatile that it could expand this uh, uh, this uh, war uh, uh, so significantly in the days ahead if if not corrected.
0: Yeah, and the the calls for a ceasefire, uh, the from is from Israel's point of view, too much of a ceasefire. Allows too much time for Hamas to regroup, correct?
6: Uh, yes, and you and you can see Egypt. Uh, that's the latest plan. Uh, we talked about it on ProFarmer.com this morning. Uh, okay. It just uh, it, it's interesting. It shows you the push is continuing to uh, cease it, but uh, Israeli leaders are making clear they're not going to stop until they think. That the that that their goals uh, have been succeeded, and in fact, they detailed in an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal what those issues are.
0: Okay, all right. Um, Congress is out on to what what's the schedule? Does the Senate the come Senate back on the 8th? comes
6: back the eighth, and the the House on the 9th. and that then it's just high anxiety for the rest of the month because if you recall, January the nineteenth is the first part of the uh, uh budget thing including usda that was extended so they're going to have to deal with that uh, and then february the second for the majority of the government but interestingly so the white house has told the that the departments not to plan on a shutdown of the government at least not yet so there may be some movement in that regard i'm not quite sure
0: okay don't plan on a shutdown of the government but should there be planning on contingency the auto-
6: plans. Yeah, they told them don't 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 go on potential yeah any uh any contingency plans. Uh I that caught my eye, you know, this morning.
0: Okay, is this going to end up just with the automatics across the board spending cuts? It, it
6: could it could and that's where the Republicans think that they have some leverage chip. So again, you could see a little uh uh coming together on some sensitive budget issues don't rule it out that the democrats may have to give a little bit more than they wanted to
0: i've heard you say that a couple of times now are the are are, are the republicans getting things figured out and and where they have leverage and where they don't
6: what that chip and the polls clearly are show show that Biden is sinking. Uh, to say they're low is 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 uh, is yeah. not an exaggeration. They're extremely low. So the so the Democrats are getting nervous if Biden is indeed their candidate, which is still in the questionable area. Uh, they could they could really lose a lot of clout after twenty twenty four elections. So they're starting to give.
0: Okay. It, it... At what point is it too late for for us to 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 say that well, if Biden is the candidate because at some point i mean they got to make a decision here
6: well, so I said before President Johnson took until march the twenty ninth to say he wasn't going to run in the same election year uh so I would look in the March timeframe. The reason why, let's just say Biden will eventually, say, you know, say, you know, this is not, you know, for, for me to run. Let's just say that. Assume that. Okay. Okay. Uh, if he does it too soon, Chip, he's a lame duck so early. So I think yeah. he wants to extend the time in which he's not a lame ducker. Uh, so that's really the cause for for waiting. Uh, but the Democrats have a more fluid uh, system in which they can pick a candidate for their party than the Republicans have. So I think it's not easy, but it's easier for them to go to an alternative candidate. So that's why I'm not ruling it out. I mean, the, the, the age factor continues to be a force uh, against a Biden and the mental uh, acuity. And I'm being fair there.
0: Yeah. Okay. I want to talk a little bit more about the presidential elections uh, when we come back. Jim, stick with us. Uh, Pro-Farmer Policy Analyst Jim Wiesmeyer on this Tuesday morning, uh, recapping some of the news from the holiday weekend. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, the news that will be news in the weeks ahead, coming up next.
3: When news breaks, the newsmakers talk about it on AgriTalk with Chip
0: Florey. Well, that mashup is entirely appropriate for the conversation that I am having with pro-former policy analyst Jim Wiesmeyer. Uh, we ended the last segment talking about the presidential election. I want to pick it up right there. Jim, I'm just going to say this. And, and I haven't driven across all of Iowa, okay? I've covered some ground, but I am not seeing the, yarn sides, the yard signs for Trump that I did in 2016 or in 2020. I don't know exactly what that means, but um, January 15th might be a little more interesting than what... Most people anticipate at this point?
6: Well, they might feel uh, that they could be attacked by those signs, Chip. I don't know. There's a lot of fear. About yeah. that in some in some states, but again, uh, Iowa lo- looks at least all the polls, and and I don't trust many, but I do trust the Des Moines Register poll. It's kind of a a gold standard. They're signaling a big win by Trump, but I'm really looking to New Hampshire because that's I think a more, uh, uh a, a more balanced approach to uh, f- on the polling as opposed to caucuses, and that one uh, the the uh, polls are clearly signaling uh nikki haley is narrowing the gap Uh, still double digits by trump but she's narrowing so we have a little time so i would watch it chip i don't think it's over yet
0: right right okay
6: yeah, Here, here's the bottom line for presidential election. You know, as we talked about before, barring any major unknown development that it looks like Biden, you know, versus Trump rematch. Right. But but with his with Biden's very low uh, ratings and and his uh, age and in mental uh, acuity, like we said, that could mean a potential surprise and concern because. Of the negatives that Vice President uh, Kamala Harris brings, so that's why yeah. they would want another candidate. The bottom line, the outcome is going to depend on just a few states: Arizona, yeah. uh, you, uh, you know, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Georgia, North Carolina, and Arizona. Those, those yeah. are
0: your outcomes.
6: They're all going to be close.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I agree with you there. Uh, okay. So we know that the presidential and and all elections are going to be key in two thousand twenty four. What other issues are on your must watch list?
6: Well, we talked a little bit about, earlier, geopolitics. You talk about big risks going into the new year, Chip. Look at, look at, let's just run down four quickly. Middle East escalation. You have the Hamas-Israeli. They could expand into more of a regional conflict. European escalation. The Russia-Ukraine challenges are lingering. Uh, It's a stalemate right now. And EU and NATO stability. Uh, Then you look at the Asia-Pacific escalation. Taiwan G keeps on saying reunification it's not a question of if it's when you have your South China Sea issues and North Korea and then lastly in North America the messy US election border security issues and civil relations within the United States that that's a
0: grab back for
6: you know geopolitics right there yeah
0: boy it certainly is certainly is and there's more and more reporting now on what you what I first heard from you Jim uh, early last week, that that it was a very quiet conversation between President Xi and President Biden. When President Xi told Biden, "Listen, I'm going to take Thailand back. It, it's it's not a matter of of if, it's just a matter of when." Um, yeah, that was kicking sand in his face, wasn't it?
6: Yeah, and, and he came, now he's saying it publicly at event Xi Jinping. I mean, at public events that he's uh, that he's he's being seen at. So he's he's laying the groundwork again. He of course he won't want to put a date line on it, Chip, but it's coming. And they said the same thing, if you recall. About Hong Kong, and they're going to fulfill. So Mm -hmm. uh, we better have some uh, Plan B and Plan C together. And this is this is why let's bring the ag sector development on this. This is why the commodity groups rightfully so are openly discussing. Okay, we got to be very aggressive in 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 going for an expanded market access in trade agreements. We we have to boost market access, and I think that they're spot on there.
0: Yeah, my good. I, I, I mean, if we've got, a, you know, in essence, three wars happening at the same time, at some point in the not too distant future, in the Middle East and Ukraine and between China and Thailand, it. it uh, my gosh, we yeah. talk about the the shipping logistics and the issues that we have now in reaching out into that export market. It's probably a good thing that the biofuels had such a good year in 2023 and look to be ready to have another good year in 2024 so that the market can domesticate.
6: Absolutely. Now, yeah, this is like you know, there's not a dearth of of good news. You've got inflation around the globe is beginning to slow faster than expected. So that's even in the the U.S., you've got food prices still high. They haven't gone down as much. They're just not increasing okay so yeah. that's a step in the right direction and then uh yeah you've you've got the uh, u.s economy i mean we're the we're the best uh, growing one uh, amongst the g7 here but the world economy is going to be a drag because you really need the world gdp gross domestic product at four and a half percent or higher for really a demand yeah. pull markets for exports but it's going to be half of that Chip. so we got to yeah. get that world economy going
0: Yep. Yep. No doubt. All right. Well, it's one of those weeks, Jim. Here we are between Christmas and New Year's. Uh, it's going to be it, it, it could either be a slow week for news or it could be absolutely hell to keep up with. We just don't yeah. know because of all the geopolitical issues. So we'll talk again absolutely. on Friday. OK, buddy.
6: Sure. we Will do.
0: All right. That is pro farmer policy analyst Jim Wiesmeyer. Uh, Good to get caught up with Jim and and get his thoughts on what's coming up in the year ahead and and so on. We had some important uh, livestock reports out on Friday. Had the cattle on feed report, had the hogs and pigs report, had the cold storage report. We're going to talk this afternoon with Scott Brown from the University of Missouri about those reports and what it might mean for us longer term. And tomorrow morning, it's Wednesday already. We are going to have a farmer forum right here on Agritalk.